Okay. All right. Welcome to Tabletop Transmissions. I'm one of your hosts, Liz. Uh, joining me, as always, is uh, my other two co-hosts. Uh, that would be me, Fran Stewart. And me, Cassie Miller. All right, folks. So today we have a rip-roaring good time for you. That's the only joke I'm going to make. <laughs> no. Uh, no, we're going to be talking about westerns. Um, kind of, uh, kind of. Before we dig into that, though, how's everybody doing today? Oh, I'm surviving, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just got done with a D and D game where uh, we're going through the Temple of Elemental Evil, and we're literally making such a mess of the place that the cults have gotten the news that we're killing off temple by temple. So uh, we, we arrived in the fire cult temple and everybody was kind of there waiting for us. Like, you're not coming <laughs> in here. And we were like, uh, beg to differ. We're two levels above you now because the way that this module was designed is kind of stupid. But, uh, yeah. Yesterday? Did, you, uh, did you do well yesterday? Um, yeah, yesterday we were fighting dragon cults um, who were attempting to oh. raise Tiamat and... Uh, my my tiefling character decided to rescue a yuan T character because, you know, she understands what it's like to have people prejudiced against you for how you look and, you know, you being evil or whatever, so. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really cool. I, I like yuan T. They're kind of, they're my mm. favorite quote-unquote monstrous race. Mm. Uh-huh. Um. They're only monstrous because they're misunderstood. And if you would just give uh, blood sacrifice a chance, it has a lot of. Uh, <laughs> it, it has, has a, a lot, lot to recommend it. Points. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, not even three minutes in, and we're <laughs> suggesting and cultists. All we are saying is give blood sacrifice a chance. <laughs> Uh, I also want to give a, a shout out to whatever flavor of, um, I don't know, whatever flavor of seltzer water I'm drinking. When am I drinking? <laughs> Ooh, tart cherry limeade. Nice. It's not as it's not it's not. The reason I thought of it because the can's red, and I was like, oh, you know, blood. I'm sure. It, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay, so westerns, kind of. The reason I started thinking about this is because of uh, Deadlands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming both of you are familiar with Deadlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't played it extensively for many, 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 many years. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting setting. Yeah. For, for our listeners who may or may not be familiar with the game, um, friend, do you want to give me a, a kind of a, a, a brief overview? Uh, yeah, Deadline, Deadlands is basically sort of a weird West game. Um, so the idea is um, it's the Old West with all the classic tropes, and then on top of all of that, there are mysterious things afoot out in the deserts and the wild places of the world. There are mines where the, where the, uh, the miners delved too deep. There are strange lights in the sky. There are lost Civil War armies who march at night and disappear by daylight. Um, and your character can potentially have uh, some sort of magic powers or be a, a mad scientist or, uh, or, you know, uh, a steam engineer, or all kinds of different strange and fun things. Or you can, you know, just shoot people in the face. That's fine, yeah, too. It's, it's, it, there's some steampunk in it, it mm-hmm. but it's mostly Weird West. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a good overview. So, that got me started thinking about this, because Deadlands used to be one of my favorite games. Um mm-hmm. I ran uh, a pretty sizable Deadlands Reloaded game in college, mm-hmm. um, but I recently went back to look at it, and I kind of felt like, you know, now that I'm looking at this with a older, slightly older, but I guess 
I guess, more aware set of eyes. Mm. There's some stuff that's troubling. And if you look at Westerns as a genre, they're troubling. Oh, yeah. So it's... Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, Frank, you used the word tropes. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you're when you're playing Westerns now, it's a question of do you embrace the tropes or do you embrace the history? And can you do Westerns? So I kind of wanted to break this down to start with... What are some of the most common Western tropes? Well, one of my other uh, interests is old-time radio. So mm-hmm. I've listened to a lot of Western stuff from uh, mm-hmm. the 40s and the 50s. Um, what, what was it, Gunsmoke? Doesn't, don't they have, like, a, a huge back catalog of, of oh, old yeah. radio plays? Guns, well, Gunsmoke... I mean, if we want if we want to go into this tangent, Gunsmoke was mm-hmm. on radio for about ten years, uh, about four or five of which was before it was even on television. Um, but there's also all kind. I mean, there's wow. there's everything from um, Hop Along Cassidy to God Help Us the Cisco Kid to all kinds of stuff. Um, and obviously, it's it's very tropey. Um, mm. Gunsmoke is unique in that it was an attempt to do a more realistic, well, sort of realistic view uh, when it was originally created. Um, the uh, the studio, what they wanted, or the studio, the, the network, what they wanted was they wanted sort of a uh, Philip Marlowe in the Old West, which is where you got Matt Dillon from. Um, so it was it it subverted tropes a little bit, but not a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so I, I just, yeah, um, there's the bad man that comes to town. There's, you know, the small town sheriff. There's the mysterious stranger. Mm-hmm. Hooker uh, with the heart uh, of gold. Don't forget her. With, oh yeah. Miss Kitty. Um, mm-hmm. and oh, except, you know, she was never really a hooker. She just worked in the dance hall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, on, in, in radio plays. Yeah. Well, yeah, on TV as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, and then we can get into the real problematic stuff, which deals with Indians. Um, it's yep. surprising. It's surprising. I, one of the things I found surprising about old time radio is there are there are series that really, really, really are horrible, and mm-hmm. then there are a few series that really work with the. You know, the Indians are human beings, blah, 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 blah. But none mm-hmm. of them touch the fact to a tremendous extent that, you know, we're land thieves. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like it would suck the joy out of the experience or something if we went, so, yeah, all of this land covered in blood and everything that we drove you off of, we're going to, you know, drive you off again. Yeah. Civilization, ho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the one of the tropes um, I don't think you listed. Maybe I missed it, but that um, I I actually I love old TV, and I mm. I have I have the Gunsmoke the complete series somewhere. Oh, nice. Um, it, it, understanding that, yeah, it's very problematic. But one of the tropes that you see a lot is um, the white man raised by uh, Native Americans. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that one just blows my mind. Now it is mm. something that really happened. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, but they don't. But they don't really look at it. No. 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 It's you know not of either world and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, uh, it's, it's Go ahead. <laughs> so, from a role playing role playing perspective, um, and I'm, I feel bad. This is I'm not I'm not trying to pick on Deadlands. It's just kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's tropeorific, so yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it it embraces. Well, I I would say that Deadlands embraces the tropes, but at the same time, it gives you. An op- with the steampunk, with the everything, it gives you an opportunity to deconstruct some of them if 
that's mm -hmm. something your group is interested in doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, something else you kind of see in, in old westerns, not a lot, but some are the treatment of uh, Asian immigrants. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that... we're in Seattle, you know, so, I mean, talking about the treatment of Asian, mm -hmm. specifically Chinese immigrants, is um, in our history <sighs> is pretty bad. Yeah. So, I, I've never been to the... the uh, this, is, this is kind of a question for me. Did both of you go to public school in that area? No. Uh, no, East Coast for me. Uh, yeah, I, neither of us are from here. I would, I would but, love to hear, like, if, like, local history, like, if, if you, you get to that part of school where you're like, okay, we're going to do state history, if they talk about that at all. They do. Um, I've had friends who are natives, and, I mean, you know, I can't say that it's always the best, but it is definitely mm. mentioned and studied what the local indigenous tribes were like. Um, as far as the Chinese, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much yeah. of the race riots of the late 19th, early 20th century I really talked about. If it's, if it's anything at all like, um, like Texas history, that's, mm. where, that's where I grew up, that's where I went through oil. I kind of got a double dose. I was at the age to get Texas history and then West Virginia history. So, you know, fun on both sides. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Well, a little story that I have is, um, so my family was from the Midwest and the, and the upper East Coast. Um, at some point, and in, in, for one year, we moved to North Carolina. Um, Wilmington, North Carolina, and my father, we went to um, a history museum. My father walked out of it going, we learned completely different history. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> completely different history about the Civil War. I mean, totally mm -hmm. different. So, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, and it, so that's kind of a, it's kind of a good segue. Um, Civil War is another trope that gets mm -hmm. brought up in Westerns a lot, because you'll see yeah. the old Confederates mm -hmm. moving moving west, and sometimes they're the good guys, sometimes they're the bad guys. But you know what's never <laughs> talked about? <laughs> hmm. The fact that you fought for slavery. Yeah, yep. yeah, that, that doesn't, well, that doesn't necessarily come up. Uh, Actually, I have a tabletop um, story around this. <laughs> oh God! I, I, okay, you you do, but I was just gonna say um, mm -hmm. in the comics, uh, Jonah Hex comics in the seventies um, and early eighties. Um, I don't know about now, but um, mm -hmm. they he 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 did fight for the Confederacy, and that actually does come up. Which mm -hmm. uh, I wish they, they were readily available because they're brilliant. Are they anyway, still publishing Jonah Hex? Um, he comes and he goes, okay. but like, you know, with what, with what they do, everything's, uh, origins are wibbly wobbly, mm -hmm. tiny wimey. So I, pre I prefer the original stuff from the seventies and the early eighties, but you know, that's me. But Fran has a very funny story. Yeah. So, um, um, uh, I, I tried to run a vampire. It, it was kind of a. I think it was like a mini tournament game in college. So it was Vampire the Masquerade-esque, but using sort of a modified version of the West End Games uh, Star Wars system, because D6s are easy. And um, I set it in New Orleans, and there was a big, uh, mysterious... Basically, there was a brouhaha among all of the various supernatural power groups in uh in New Orleans and uh the uh the um the native magic users um the voodoo basically um decided they were sick of it and and they wanted to take over and and uh drive the vampires out um in the course of all of this um someone hired 
everybody was supposed to be playing vampires, but two of my friends showed up who decided that um, they wanted to stir things. Um, well, as I recall, they didn't want a vampire, and they just wanted to move on to something else. Yeah, you're right. They wanted uh, they wanted me to. They wanted the campaign to end very quickly so that we could move on to playing some other game. So they showed up, and they were playing um, Lieutenant Colonel McElroy and his <laughs> Indian scout, Boy, who he had adopted and raised, you know, from a pup. So he was mostly civilized, and and uh, it's, it's even more horrifying now, but it was pretty horrifying back then. Um, and uh, they they basically uh, they rolled in and they they had made their home in uh, New Orleans, where they were operating as mercenaries. And they had a Civil War era cannon named Bessie, of course, um, squirreled away in uh, in the barn where they were also living, and they would accept almost any job no matter how dirty, as long as they were paid in good, solid Confederate money. Um, so, basically, they ended up hunting the group of vampires, and um, uh, they all got collectively into this giant fight that pretty much derailed my entire plot. So I tried to bring things back along, back in line, by uh, by having the uh, the the chief priestess of the local area materialize in the middle of the campfire and shout enough at the top of her voice to try to stop everybody and have a conversation. Well, she does this, and immediately um, my two Confederate boys uh, turn around and just gun her down where she's standing, <laughs> just in a hail of lead, and then everybody goes back to fighting. And uh, uh, so it ended with this giant monstrosity, uh, sort of weird flesh-warped creature that had basically the, uh, the, the rogue magic that had been unleashed during the battle sort of uh, coalesced around a werewolf who'd infiltrated the vampire group, played by yet another sort of slightly psychotic member of our, our college gaming group because in college you don't necessarily get to choose who you game with. Um, and several of the vampires and the fallen body of the priestess all kind of got knitted together into this giant uber monster that was wandering around just trying to kill everybody. So the vampires all um, piled into carriages and just rolled out of town going, we'll, we'll just, we'll live someplace else. New Orleans is colorful, but we don't need this crap. And the last they saw as they were um, going over the hill was uh, Colonel McElroy and Boy rolling a cannon out to try to take down this giant monstrosity. And then the curtain fell. So. And our friends said, "Good, now we can play something else after completely mm -hmm. sabotaging Brian's game." It did. It did spawn one really good line that's come up several times. Um, uh, uh, the uh, Indian scout character faced off against somebody who happened to have a voodoo doll of him. Yeah, I know. It was the '90s. I was less educated and aware than I am now. Um, who basically stabbed him and made him drop his gun. And he turned around to this uh, to this voodoo priest and said, "You're pretty tough when you got a doll in your hand." So, <laughs> I, I guess you had to be there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to take some of that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, it's uh, it can be tough to uh, to uh, get around tropes, especially or to get around ho horrible stereotypes, especially when you know you're young and foolish and you just don't know a lot of stuff. So you can end up having a lot of good fun and look back later and be like, "Wow, did I really do that?" Hmm. Yeah. Well, so something that i've run recently has been um chaosium's down darker trails oh, have i heard of this no oh, i'm not familiar with it so it's for call of cthulhu 7th it's a wild west setting oh wow yeah wow. it's not yeah. it's not bad it's um and they take more of the historical approach Mm -hmm. 
So you could say run it with high pulp settings, you mm-hmm. know, turn it all the way up to 11. Mm-hmm. Or you could try to do it like more of your... Uh, if I had to pick TV shows, you could do it like Deadwood. You know, very mm-hmm. realistic mm-hmm. and true to the source material. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be much more Cthulhu, definitely, you know. Um, I don't know. Cthulhu is pretty pulpy. Yeah, you can go either way with it. Um, yeah. I, I guess what I keep coming back to is I keep thinking about I'm, – I'm sorry, I should, have, I should have written this down. But what I, I guess what I keep coming back to is what – even though something is a trope, you know, it's a well-established trope of Westerns. Mm-hmm. Can we justify using it or even modifying it to make the game more palatable? Is that erasure? Oh, well, you know, it it depends. Erasure is con- consciously or unconsciously shunting away um, someone's experience, whether it's good or bad. Um, so, to me... If you're if you're trying to bring in a more realistic portrayal, you know there's a lot more people of color and a lot more um, mixed race folk and and, and a uh, lot less violence to be perfect. Yeah, and and a lot less violence generally, unless you're you know in towns where there's a lot of gambling and drinking, um, and having people be more upset about the violence and so forth. I think you could actually. I, I think you could make that work pretty well. Um, honestly, as... honestly, you could use... There are plenty of Western tropes that can be used Yeah. Um, that are just fine. Like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. some of the ones that I... Some of the ones that I went into are, you know, the stranger arrives in... Yeah, town, exactly. Um, uh-huh. The lawman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, High Noon is mm-hmm. full of Western tropes, and that's, that's certainly possible. Mm-hmm. Um the the way to do it is 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 exactly the way Fran is saying, which is actually look at what was really going on. Like again, there mm-hmm. were many more people of color, especially yeah. after the Civil War. Um, and um, if you're going to be dealing with Indians or Native Americans mm-hmm. or, or whatever you want to whatever you want to call them in the context of the game, mm-hmm. um, you just have to be sensitive to the fact that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not savages, and they're yeah. not... Basically, you have to worry about falling into the um, just plain savage trap or the Tonto mm-hmm. trap, the noble yeah, savage. Yeah, the noble savage, yeah. But, you know, having having somebody who's like, well, you know, of course, these these engines out here are... And meanwhile, the, you know, the, the three Cherokee guys who are standing off in the corner kind of get this cringy look on their face, like, oh. did he really... Oh, God, oh, oh yeah. here we go. There's no question that um, white people in the West had those attitudes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the thing about, you, you know, if you're going to do a realistic Western, those attitudes absolutely have to be part of it mm-hmm. if you're going to be dealing with that kind of thing. But you need to have them in a, I don't know what to say. Let it be ugly. Context, yeah, let it be context. ugly. Exactly, well, yeah. I don't necessarily mean let it be ugly because I mean you know that's just mm-hmm. that I mean that's almost an invitation for let racists be racist, but ignoring it entirely is also an issue. Mm-hmm. If yeah. if you want to maintain a, a a true historical period, which is one of the reasons why I don't know if it's always a good idea to maintain mm-hmm. a true yeah. historical yeah. attitude. Well, I guess what I was what I was saying is try not to let it be a comfortable thing. Try to make it so that, you know, that it's asking a question like is your character really going to be okay with this? Do you, you know, let let people realize what it is that they are actually agreeing with and nodding along with and well, and that can feelings. Well, at the same, I mean, that can foster feelings with the, the players for sure, mm-hmm. and that's an important yeah. learning experience. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're going for historical accuracy in a game, mm-hmm. I don't know about the characters. Do you know what I mean? 
I mean, that's a player character separation kind of issue. Yeah. Well, but it's also a choice, right? We don't necessarily have to play the assholes who were actually there. You know, most knights were not really terribly interesting people, but paladins are fun to play because they're not most typical European knights. They're not, mm -hmm. you know, out drinking, wenching, and riding down peasants and... Yeah, and they're, they're having. Yeah, exactly. They're... they're they're the best of the dream, and, and that's okay. I mean, aspirational heroes saying, I mean, that's a big part of what makes tabletops so great is getting to say, getting to sort of practice and experience, you know, what do, what do these situations look like and what could I do, what could I say? How could I stand up in this situation and say, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do the easy thing. I'm going to do the hard thing, and I'm going to, even if it means that this town isn't really going to like me, I'm going to stand up and say what I think needs to be said. Right, and you, you can do that in a more historical context or a more pulpy context. That's, mm -hmm. not, yeah. that's not limiting to either one. Mm -hmm. And we haven't let Liz talk for a while. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. It was interesting. I was going to let you go. Um, I guess you've actually changed my mind a little bit. Because I was going into this kind of set on this on the idea was, you know, I don't think I can run Deadlands again, or at least maybe not. Mm. But I, I think now I, I maybe could. Maybe not Deadlands straight out of the box. There's some yeah. things I would want to address. Yeah. Well, like, like um, definitely. One of I guess my two main issues with the setting. Um, one, I don't really uh, care for the kind of the the way that the Confederacy is made to be okay. Mm. Yeah, that's that. I'm kind of got some problems with, and um, mm -hmm. I don't like the way uh, Asian people are depicted. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. A lot of them are martial artists or pirates mm -hmm. or. It's just, it's not the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for the Confederacy, you know, that's a common Western trope, which I think needs mm. to die, die, die. Yeah. Um, the, the noble Confederates, the um, the people who are rebelling mm. for the needs to die. I'm sorry. You know. Mm. Yeah, don't, don't be sorry. It, you're, I don't, I don't think, I think yeah. our market audience would agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> well. So. And again, you know, you can you can have the controversy, right? These guys who were like, well, you know, I was fighting for the lost cause and blah, blah, blah. And, and the various black people in town are like, yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that your cause lost because yeah. I, I, you guys were fighting for what I said you were fighting for. And, you know, I will not kill you in this town because unlike you, I'm a decent human being. And well, I'm going to, so you know. Remember that the, the concept of the lost cause, as we know it, really evolves mm. in the early 20th century. So That's true, too. Again, if you're going for historical mm. accuracy, it's, it's a little weird. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you both a question. Mm. Let's say you guys are uh, game mastering. Or, mm. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said you guys. You, you gals. Mm -hmm. That's right. fine. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a habit I'm trying to break myself of. I, I I'll just say I grew up with the electric company, and having a woman yell "Hey, you guys!" <laughs> is not, you know not just a woman. Read them yeah. right now. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I tell you what, I do want to I want to pose a question, but I do want to tangent because I've got a semi-related story. That's right. kind of funny. Mm -hmm. So, um, I did my student teaching um, last year. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I'm a fully licensed history teacher, but uh, woohoo! Uh, you guys both know more than I do. <laughs> uh, Fred, well, you know about editing and writing. Uh, I probably mm -hmm. no, you are you are just <laughs> as awesome. Um, but so um, the way it works in West Virginia is you have to do a middle school and a high school. So I, for my middle school, I was in an eighth grade classroom, and my we we were going to have a board a board inspection. So the board office was coming in to look at our classroom. So my cooperating teacher comes up with this 
to her what is an amazing idea. And mm. I'm going to leave in that pause of me drawing <laughs> breath because... Yeah, I, I it was just, meaningful. It was a load-bearing pause. She comes up with this idea. Is, so we're going to have the kids. They've got this project they're working on. It's going to be something tangible. They're going to weave blankets. And it's like, oh, okay. like weave blankets out of paper. It was just a craft project. Uh, okay. But then... But then they would come up to uh, what was essentially my desk. I had a desk in the corner of the room. But my clever teacher had dressed it up like a trading post. And she was going to, to trade. They were going to trade with Slona Jubia. Uh, her, her name was Sloan. Her last name was Sloan. So huh. she coined herself Slona Jubia. And uh, I... I didn't know about that part of it when until I got there that morning. Hmm. She asked me if I wanted to uh, wear a um, wear a headdress, oh. and uh-huh. I I looked at her. I was like, "No, God, no." Uh-huh. And we had a we had a long conversation that morning about why I'm not comfortable with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like. Oh my god! I never thought about that, and I'm like, yeah, I I know. It's why you came up with this idea, and I and I'm walking a very fine line because you're the woman that's going to determine whether or not I get to, um, you know, whether yeah. or not I get to yeah. have my license. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a a brave thing to have done to stand up and say, I'm going to have a difficult conversation with you now. It was more so, of a, I don't think I can do this in front uh-huh. of, uh, there was one, there is a board member for the county I was in who I, who I knew for a fact uh-huh. um, was, uh, was Native American. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can't, if she comes to our classroom, I can't yeah. do this in front of her. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was my, uh-huh. that was, I, like, I thought long and hard and I was just like, ah, I have to do this. Yeah. So, so what happened? Um, well, she she's like, oh, I never thought about that. But then she kind of looked, turned around and said, but I don't think it'll be a problem. Uh, and she did it, but I I just wore my normal my normal clothes. Uh-huh. Like um, I uh, so I was I was just in you know. Yeah. What did I wear? I don't remember what I wore. It was something. It was some form of very mm-hmm. khaki and plaid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of, yeah. sort of pseudo buckskin. <laughs> I mean, unless you can count my. Well, no, you could say I was a time traveler because I was wearing. Um, I was wearing uh, my Starfleet cardigan. <laughs> I had a blue mm-hmm. side. One of the they sold one thing geek. I had a blue science division cardigan oh. that I wore. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I thought for a second you were going to say you had a digital watch. <laughs> no, no. Um, I would like one. If any viewer wants to send me a, a calculator watch. Um, but um, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. Um, and uh, enjoy these words from our sponsors. Uh, for- oh, I'm sorry. I prepared for orc tacos. I, oh. I, I- I'm, I misread. I misread the uh, the email. I guess. <laughs> oh. So while while Elizabeth was gone, Fran and I started talking about a tangent um, <sighs> on Deadlands, which is uh-huh. after our last and my last my only Deadlands game. I think um, years and years ago, Fran started writing a novel with her character as the center of the game, and she's been working yeah. on it. Yeah, it's, well, working very, at the moment I'm not working very hard because I've got another novel series and that's the one that my wife wants to work on and she's, um, she's, she's better at motivation than I am, so, uh, hers wins. It's also like a semi-paying gig. Yeah, yeah. And so my, my novel is definitely Weird West. It's not specifically Deadlands, but I'm, I'm going around trying to figure out how to throw over tropes. My main character um, uh, uh, is a lesbian um, card magician. 
Um, she does not cheat at cards. The cards just like her, and she's very emphatic on this point. Um, and I am actually working on a trope, and I'm going to use a word here that may make people uncomfortable because uh, I still need to do a bunch of research, but I, I want to include as... Um, as my main character, one of my main character's love interests, a two-spirit person. Um, and this is something that I'm really nervous about, but I'm, I'm, I really, I want to create a credible, a credible and diverse We, we should explain what, we should explain what a two-spirit yeah person is. Two, yeah, two-spirit is a term that was come up with, um, and there's, there's controversy around this, but it was come up with in cooperation with various native tribes as sort of an overarching term that was meant to describe, um, that was meant to collect a number of uh, different traditions that individual tribes and even individual regions uh, within tribes had for dealing with gender and sexual variant people. Um, and it wasn't, not all of the tribes had positive ideas around this, but a lot of them had some kind of categories for encompassing people who didn't behave like other people. Um, and so it's it's not a perfect term. It's, it's kind of like trans. It's a really, really broad umbrella, and it should not be used on its own to describe a specific person. You know, it, it, it also shouldn't be used for non-native people. Yeah, and exactly. Very there's specific. Been a big, there's been a big controversy... Uh, mm -hmm. around the use and overuse of it, especially by people who mm -hmm. don't want to refer them to themselves as LGBTs. Yeah, uh, white exactly. People mostly. Um, yeah. God, who was who was the um, I, who was the celebrity who came out and was like, my wife not, introduced me to this. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to necessarily dignify any idiot who's off using it. It's it falls in the same category of people who are like, oh, my spirit animal is my chihuahua. Yeah, just make it your please. Yeah, that that yeah that is all kinds of yeah don't. Um, but I the the West was was weirder than people realize. I mean. We're, we're trans folks. We realize that you look back in history and you're like, oh, there's a trans person. Hope there's another one. Oh, you're gender, gender non-binary. Okay. Uh, there's another one who's probably, well, you know, definitely on the spectrum somewhere. So, um, um, and yeah, like to kind of the same time period, that, that kind of Victorian era. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Gentleman Jack, have you guys... Um, have I, I, I haven't this? yet. I I want to very much. It looked it amazing. It's good. Um, mm. but it's, uh, <laughs> what, what what is it? It's the show on HBO. It follows the life of Anne Lister, mm. who at least they are portraying her um, in in this version of it. You, I would argue the point she may be transmasculine. She doesn't mm -hmm. come out and say it, but she. I don't know. It, I, I I'm not going to play. Uh, I'm not going to play armchair psychology with historical mm -hmm. figures. That that yeah. way leads to madness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, in, I mean, there, yes and no. There are some historical figures where it's absolutely clear, even though there's been some erasure, mm -hmm. that they considered themselves to be a different gender yeah. than they were born. I, what, oh, what's mm -hmm. the doctor's name? That doctor oh, that the, God, yeah. the, uh, the book was being written about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's Sorry, that <laughs> definitely a hill I will die on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, James, James Barry? Yep. Yes. James That's Barry. The, chap. Yep. the woman who is writing a book about him and Mm -hmm. Saying that, uh, referring to him as like a feminist icon and, and actually a woman who 
was hiding and it was like no no he he left in his will that he didn't want any autopsies he wanted to be buried under the name James he wanted yeah no uh-huh. uh, that's that's a trans man I'm sorry you're welcome to to grab him and say feminist icon but you know but use he that's that's <laughs> what we're asking for you know yeah anyway anyway so so go ahead Liz I guess kind of some closing statements from what I've taken from our conversation is I think a lot of it goes back to what we talked about last week with buy-in consent at the table. Yes. If something, if something that you think is problematic comes up, hopefully your group is one that you feel comfortable saying to them, Hey, I think we need to discuss this, maybe Mm -hmm. change some of this. Um, you know, definitely, please, if you're playing a Western and you're including, um, you know, Asian people, indigenous people, don't do stereotypical accents. Don't do... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't, like, at no point is the tomahawk... Okay, let me put it this way. The Uh Braves have stopped doing the tomahawk chop. So Finally. (laughs) Now if we can just get the Redskins to... Um... Uh-huh. Yep. yep. As, a, as, a, as a newly adopted D.C. person, that is difficult. As someone who spent my adolescence uh, in early, very early adulthood in the D.C. area, I feel you. <laughs> but, um, I feel you. I just, I just think... I just think ultimately... I guess ultimately the message I want to send to people is we can do better. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And Um, it's worth the effort. Like, um, wasn't it Monty Cook games? They, when they did the strange, um, there was, did I, have either of you played the strange? No, no, no. It's, it's weird. Um, one of their kind of, spin-off worlds was a fantasy world based off of uh, Native American legends, but it was very stereotypical, mm-hmm. and they got a lot of pushback on it, and mm-hmm. this is something I think is good on them. They pulled that product. They brought in a writer who was um, who was Native American, mm-hmm. and they completely rewrote it. Well, I have mm-hmm. a lot of respect for Monty himself. Um, yeah, so... Uh, good on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is literally what you do: is you sit down and say, uh, you 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 pick it up. You say, this is a fuck up, and I own it. And uh, I'm gonna go ask somebody knowledgeable how to unfuck it up, and then I'm gonna do what they said. And uh, I'm not gonna pretend it didn't happen. I'm not gonna sweep sweep it under the rug, and I'm not gonna screw around with this. Mm-hmm. And that, well, isn't that kind of a, I know we're, this might be a little bit over a longer episode, but I think it's got some good points, and I want to mm-hmm. make sure people hear. Yeah. We as, as LGBTQ people, I think sometimes when we get called on something, we push back. Uh-huh. And I know that's something I am working on. Yeah, well, hell, it's hard not to. It's it's embarrassing and it hurts to to because it feels like identity, even if it's behavior. Yeah, well, I accidentally misgendered someone once and spent the entire evening feeling like a traitor. <laughs> I I'll I'll just point something out. Um, I I am lucky enough to have a, a tiny bit of a friendship with uh, Jennifer Finney Boylan, who, if you're trans and you haven't read Jenny Boylan's books, it's it's a really good idea. You will feel better as a human being. Um, and I have misgendered her, and I have never even met James Boylan. So <laughs> it... it it is a thing that happens. Our brains get wired for this stuff over the course of our lifetimes. And it's it's hard not to feel embarrassed, but that really is kind of the right thing to do, is just to be like, <clears throat> sorry, and move on. Well, my 
my therapist um, uses a, a good line that I, I, I have stolen and I use often now. Uh-huh. It's what we learn first, we learn best. And uh-huh. as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, uh, I mean, show of hands, how many of us had terrible state history that just erased over uh-huh. um, different cultures? I, I'll just say I firmly believe that history in K through 12 and basic history classes in most colleges are horribly taught. Mm-hmm. Horribly taught. Oh, oh yeah, I can confirm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, taught, I taught a lot of history to myself because I was fascinated by it. I did lots of reading as a kid. But, yeah, it's just awful. Mm. I think, how about we shift gears and go on to something a little bit more fun? <laughs> I, what I, do we have? I actually sorry go ahead I was going to say what do we have for shout outs this week oh okay we're at shout outs by now okay um, so I am finally reading Hope Nicholson's uh, Spectacular Sisterhood of Superheroines and hmm. it's it's a book about basically um, women character histories of women characters um, in comics um, I love Hope she has a uh, she has the career I've always wanted. So she's, she's amazing. And um, it came out in 2017 and uh, finally got a copy and had her sign it at the last con I went to. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, some of the characters you've heard of, like the Black Cat or Wonder Woman, obviously, or Little Lulu. And then there are characters who are incredibly obscure and... You're just like, I really want to learn more about those. I wish they were still in print. You know? Ooh, I just looked this up on Amazon. I think I'm going to have to order a copy of this because it looks really good. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. And um, and like I said, basically, um, I'm in the tank for anything Hope's uh, Bedside Press puts out. So mm-hmm. a big shout out to them as well. Oh, what should I shout out to this week? Um, I, 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 will, I will shout a curse at the heavens to whoever it was who introduced me to stupid frickin' Stardew Valley, which I can't stop frickin' stupid playing. And, and, wouldn't, that, and, and, would, wouldn't that be your sister-in-law? I, I believe so, yes, because she installed it on our, uh, on our Switch and then left the Switch sitting around where I could see it, and I went, ooh, shiny. Oh, it has crafting, which, yeah, it, yeah if, you, if you ever met me in, in a Skyrim game, basically, I'm the person with the, you know, the watermelons and the flowers and everything bulging out through the windows of their house. So, uh, so yeah, it's... Um, uh, yeah, damn you, Stardew Valley. <laughs> you have consumed my soul. Um, and um, Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book, which I've been uh, oh, yeah, kind of flipping through, and it's 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 really fun. It's Norse mythology the way I feel like it should be read, which is um, it's got kind of an around the campfire. So God, did you hear the one about the time when Thor, you know, went to a giant's wedding dressed in, uh, dressed up as Seif because he forgot his hammer because he was so drunk? And um, that's that's definitely the Norse gods that that I'm familiar with. So yeah, I don't I don't remember liking it as much as you did. Um, mm. I read it a few years ago, but hey. Mm. Um, we've been watching, so I've got a small tangent, and I apologize. We've been watching this show on HBO called Chernobyl. Oh, Oh, yeah, I've heard that's really good. So, because I was curious, like, we started watching it because I had read this book called Chernobyl 01-2340, which is the exact second of of the meltdown. Yeah. Um, and it's... So I can show, I'm going to shout out to the Chernobyl show on HBO. It is not for the faint of heart, but if you are at all interested in this and kind of the human impact, it's fascinating. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, this book I read, Chernobyl 01-2340, is a very good introduction to it. If you're if you, if you're just kind of got a passing interest and you kind of want to see what. Mm what went wrong and kind of hear about, because it's also part travelogue, 
because the author also goes to the exclusion zone. Mm-hmm. And kind of, he talks about that, like, modern day. Um, yeah. But I just started listening to another book today, just called Chernobyl, by Serhii Plosky. Uh, um, blocky, I, it's Russian, or no, it's Ukrainian, and I'm not sure mm. I'm saying it right. But he is a uh, Ukrainian historian who was um, who was in the Ukraine as an undergrad when Chernobyl happened. Oh wow! And it kind of presents a much bigger picture, not only a much bigger and more detailed picture, mm. kind of of the USSR at the time of the explosion kind yeah. of what got us here it's really it's really interesting mm-hmm. um i'm kind of reading this because i'm I, i've got an idea for a call of cthulhu scenario set in the exclusion zone oh my gosh mm. um yeah it's, uh, <laughs> this group called the liquidators i know it already sounds like a pc group but <laughs> the liquidators were the guys who came in who were cleaning up the exclusion zone yeah um, I want to use. I want them to be PCs, and mm-hmm. I want them to be in the red forest, and just mm. shit gets weird. Mm. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, this YouTube. If we ever get some extra time, I think if I get this written up, you two are going to be playing in this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we we're still talking about that that Discord Cyberpunk game. So. Yeah, in our copious spare time. Ha ha yeah. ha ha. Oh, um, something that I wanted to mention, because um, I wanted to talk about it and we didn't get to it, is um, if you want to see an interesting take on Western tropes, um, there's a game called Dog oh, yeah. By, yeah, actually, this is a good shout-out. Yeah, a friend of ours named Vincent Baker, who is also famous for mm-hmm. uh, Apocalypse World and Kill Puppies for Satan and yep. all kinds of Lumpley games. games. Yeah, Lumpley Games. Um, and uh, it's... A, it's way too much to go into at length here, but essentially um, he comes from a Mormon background, although he's not at this point. And uh, it really is sort of the legendary Mormon West, um, which yeah. includes demons and um, all, it's, it's, it, and it's an interesting system because it's entirely about buy-in as are a lot of indie games these days. Mm. Um, yeah. I- Dogs in the Vineyard is it's so good. It's one of those games. Oh, right, good! I can't you know it. Oh yeah, no, I love that game. I can't get anyone to play it with me, but I love it. <laughs> Fran and I went to college with Vincent. Yeah, I'm just over here with my jaw on the floor. My game design idols, and you're just like, oh, oh no, I casually know Vincent I, Baker. I I was there when Vincent and Meg got together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we. I I, I think we're Remember both around it. Remember I told you about that cyberpunk game where I just started meeting people my first mm-hmm. month of college or so? That was run by Vincent. Yeah. Oh, man. Next you're, you're okay. going to tell me, tell me uh, you know Robin Laws? No, I do not no, know not Robin, Robin Laws. Laws. Um, I, 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 I think I met him once at a con, but I don't know yeah. him at all. And I know I knew somebody who knew Robin Laws, uh, but that's that's about well, as close as I get. I, and 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 friend, you know Dave. Yeah, that's you true. Work, yeah, you work with. I know Dave um, Noonan, the Dave yeah. Noonan. So, <laughs> yeah. It's um uh, and and actually, just I'm just gonna drop a, a little. Little name here. On Friday, Fran and I are going to be um, playing at the Wizards of the Coast Gaming head, uh, their headquarters mm-hmm. in a D and T friends and family game. So oh, it's very exciting. Yeah, you need if you're, <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're Seattle area, you should you know try to find out about it because it's it's quite fun. I'm listen. I'm going to get on. A... <laughs> I, I unfortunately they have way more players than they can handle already. Um. <laughs> Is there anyone? Yeah. Is there anyone whose shoulders I could sit on, and we'll just get a big trench coat? <laughs> oh, seriously! <laughs> mm-hmm. At some point, you've got to come out here, um, and we'll figure yeah. out a way for this to happen. Je- Jess and I are going to try to come out there. We want to go see the oh, cool. um, Seattle um, uh, Museum of Communications. I think it's called. Mm. Uh, um, like, got all those old like antique phone switches and things like that. I'm not familiar with that one. 
I will find out the actual name, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's a it cool could be place. Museum of History and Industry. I'm not sure. Ooh, maybe um, that's it. Mohai is kind of local, but um, mm-hmm. there's also a computer. There's also a, a, a vintage computer museum whose name I'm completely blocking on. I think it's. Um, well, I, I don't remember either. But either way, we yeah. want to come out there because there's all sorts of museums we want to go see. That would be awesome. Um, and I and and I think. I think next summer I'm going to talk her into going to PAX, or not PAX, um, Gen Con. Mm. Oh, nice. Well, I, I, figured, I figured her first tabletop convention, I might as well. <laughs> you might as well just drown her to death. Oh, well, because we can't do Origins, but because um, it mm. conflicts with something else. But yeah, Gen Con doesn't. Speaking of tabletop conventions, I'm going to plug it because Fran won't. Fran will be at PaizoCon. Ah uh, uh, yes, Dragonflight. Should we be running a game at PaizoCon? I'm not. Are you running Dragonflight? Yeah, yeah. Both Sarah and I are going to be running and, games at, uh, at Dragonflight. PaizoCon is in SeaTac, Seattle Tacoma area, mm-hmm. and Dragonflight is in Bellevue. So mm-hmm. if you want yep. to meet Fran and buy her book, which is named mm-hmm. Vigilant and is available on Amazon and Drive Through Books, because I'm going to mm-hmm. get all your plugs in. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Buy my book. <laughs> And we are, we are, this is getting way too silly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there's no such thing. And I might be dra- at Dragonflight, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I, can, I can surely say I will not be at Dragonflight. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I will be, what am I doing? I don't really do anything. If you're, hey, if you're listening to us and you're coming to A-Camp, Mm. You know, fucking find me, come say hi. Oh, I shouldn't swear. <laughs> but yeah, if you're coming to A-Camp, uh, I'm going to be doing RPG seminars there, so. That's cool. And, and I have nothing major to plug, except mm. table. So, um, uh, where can, so, uh. God, I'm sorry, brain's not working. Cassie. That's fine. Where, yeah. where can uh where can people find us? Uh we can be found on Podbean and iTunes. If you search mm-hmm. for tabletop transmissions on the iTunes podcast, we are available. We also have a Facebook um at, which is at Tabletop Transmissions. You can find us there. And we have a Twitter at Liz. Our Twitter is. Hang on a second. <laughs> I gotta pull it up. We're professionals, folks. <laughs> uh, our Twitter is at uh, transmissions. Excellent. And um, my name is Cassie Miller. I'm at at tip transformed on Twitter. Cassie, what's my swear- name? Yeah, I swear to God, someday I'll have mine memorized again. Yours is Ronald and Valor. Uh, I am at Ronald and Valor on uh, on Twitter, and I'm also on Facebook. R O N Y E L Y N Valor spelled the way you spell Valor. Right. And you can find me. Uh, I am at little underscore Lizzie twenty two on Twitter. And you can see her very, very cute self-portraits. I try. I take a lot of selfies. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's definitely not a coping, mes- mecha- uh, coping mechanism. <laughs> Again, folks, we're professionals. Uh-huh. Don't try this at yeah. all. Because you don't need the competition. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's definitely not a coping mechanism uh-huh. for dysphoria. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... Well, Thanks for next week, I, next week, I think we're going to be talking about was it horror games? Um, we are. I'm going to try to get a special guest, Toby from the Secret Transmissions podcast. Um, he has never played a game before. He wants to learn how to play RPGs, so we're going to try to find a game for him. Oh, nice. Hmm. So two man. Yeah. Uh, and again, Toby, if you're listening and I've gotten our dates wrong, uh, I'm sorry. Please remember, we're <laughs> professionals. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, again, this has been Tabletop Transmissions. Thanks for listening, and I hope you had a good time. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.